Wairarapa has applied to become the country's latest dark sky reserve. Now a new exhibition there is going to encourage people to look up at the night sky and soak up the darkness. But anyone who's tried to photograph the recent blood supermoon will realise it's not easy to capture a crystal clear close-up shot on a cold dark night. The Aratoi Museum of Art and History in Masterton has invited several photographers who specialise in night sky images to contribute work for the exhibition within the hours of darkness, astrophotography, to tie in with Matariki. One of them is Pete Monk. You can see some of his work, including Milky Way and Old Cars, on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash standingroomonly. Well, Pete's going to talk us through the technical trickiness of photographing the night sky, with us also as the show's curator and member of the Wairarapa Dark Sky Association Committee, Becky Bateman. Kia ora to both of you, welcome. Um, Becky, how confident are you that the Wairarapa will become a, a dark sky destination? Oh, yes, it's, it's a question I get asked quite a lot. And um, yeah, it's, it's going really well. I mean, when um, we started this, we didn't realise quite how much paperwork there was going to be. So that's kind of given us quite a lot to think about. But uh, we're hoping in the next couple of months we should have it all ticked off and uh, ready to go. Astrophotography, is is that the official name of photographing the night sky? Uh, yes, yes it is. So how did you select photographers for the exhibition and what brief did you give them? Uh, well, it started a couple of years ago actually because um, I'd known the amazing photographer uh, Mark G for quite a few years and I was always really fascinated by his photography, especially uh, the moon, the, um, the ones with the moon he did a couple of years ago. And... Um, when I moved over to the White Upper uh, and started working at Marston uh, at a toy, um, I had this kind of idea of really helping people work out what the dark sky was about, because a lot of people don't really understand why a dark sky needs to be preserved. You know, why do we need to protect a sky that you know is always going to be there? Um, and I really wanted to show people that this was something that could be easily lost and that we really have to look after it and protect it. So I was, you know, chugging this through and being on the committee for the Dark Sky Reserve, it really kind of made me think, actually, people really need to know what this is and what it's about and why it needs looking after. Um, so I talked to my amazing director, Susanna Shabbolt, and she was really keen on the idea. So I started collecting a few astrophotographers that I knew. So start off with Mark G. Um, he was an obvious one. Uh, but then I started meeting other people through him and I started looking on... Um, uh, Ashley Photography w- uh, website and Facebook was a really good place to, to start. And I realised there were so many amazing photographers out there, especially in the Wild Upper, because the Wild Upper is such a beautiful dark sky uh, that a lot of people coming from Wellington will often come to the Wild Upper to actually practice uh, their photography. So it wasn't really very difficult finding six. It was actually quite hard selecting <laughs> the ones I wanted. Um, and I chose them because they all showed something very different. They were all um, using the Milky Way and the night sky and showing it in a very different way from each other because it's really easy to have uh, six similar, you know, beautiful dark sky Milky Way photos. But what I wanted to show was that uh, there was always a human element. So uh, one of the amazing photographers is called Sharice Eberlin. She does a lot of wedding photography. And she was showing um, kind of people getting married under the night sky. And that was a really cool, interesting idea because it really made us think, actually, there's always a human element to uh, looking at the sky and actually how uh, culturally relevant it is for, for so many people. And so by choosing these different astrophotographers, uh, it really shows really different ways of looking and why it's so important to look at it. 
Well, Pete, you're one of the chosen ones, which is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and one of your images is called, as I mentioned, Milky Way and the Old Cars. And that's exactly what it is, it says on the label. But if you describe it yeah. for those who can't take a look on our photo gallery at the moment, because it's a beautiful image. Oh, thanks, Lynn. Uh, and kia ora. G'day, Becky. And um, Hi, good afternoon. Yeah. Happy birthday to um, standing room only, Lynn. And happy birthday to you, Pete. Thank, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, Mil- Milky Way and old cars. It's um, so um, it, exactly like Becky's talking about. You know, there's that there is that interplay between a human being or human human beings and things that we have we have made um, around us um, being being contextual to um, our view of the Milky Way. And one of the things that I love is that is that that crazy dichotomy of looking at things that we think are old. Like this rust in old 1930s shell of a of a of a car, yet you know behind that and in, in this in all its bloom and glory in the sky is um, is this thing that's that um, you know is eons old that um, that just doesn't change yet the things that we have um, more immediately in front of us just over time over a sh- much shorter and fleeter period of time a fleeting period of time just rust away. Do you need? expensive gear to photograph the night sky because I was one of the ones out at 11 o'clock <laughs> at night and, I, and yeah. I tried my uh, my phone and that didn't work and then I got my SLR out and I tried different lenses yep. and they just missed it up mm-hmm. as soon as I tried mm-hmm. to take the photograph and I got nothing you know so I mean yeah. it, but so does it need to be expensive or not well um it, it, it can help I, I think there's there's a bit of um there's some fundamentals right so um, it's it's kind of like you know um, sort of you know Scotty on the de- on the on, in the engine room of the of the Enterprise you know you kind of change the laws of physics there's some basics that you've got to know and and you need you need equipment that um, funnily enough has that funny old little M um, symbol on the dial um, that that a lot of people don't use you, you've manual. got to be able to yeah manual yeah get out of that out of that automatic um, mode because you're going to have to have control over over things like your, your your f-stop, the aperture, the shutter speed, you're going to have to use manual focus. So some of those things are um, there, there is some there are some um, some basic rules around around that. Um, but to be honest, then you know the um, it, there's a bit of Pareto principle too. I think you can get sort of eighty percent of a good shot, um, or, or what you'd say would be a good or great shot, with about twenty percent of the investment that some of us make. Like you know the sort of there can be a law of diminishing returns, but you know, with with some reasonable gear and the the basic knowledge of of needing a really wide aperture, like you know, the the the, the width of the aperture is like you know, the iris of your eye. The the, the wider it is, the, the more light that's going to be be coming in, and um, and you're going to need to shoot for a period of time. So you know. Depending on what um, what aperture you're using, that might be sort of 15, 20, 25 seconds um, to really suck in all the um, all the stars and all the light that's in the sky and capture that on um, uh, in, in your camera. Becky, I'm, I'm imagining that you are hoping that people will, whether or not they want to try photographing the night sky, will come to the exhibition and be encouraged to step outside and look upwards. I mean, we're very good at doing it when we know there's a special event coming up. Yes. But it's, but it's always, I'm, I'm out a bit at nights myself, and, it, and it's always a, a thrill when you have that kind of clear sky. Absolutely. And this is exactly what I want people to do. I want people to go outside, you know, look up, 
and actually really think about their place in the universe because actually when you you look look up and you see that crystal clear night sky with those thousands of stars you really do feel quite small kind of quite insignificant and it really does kind of ground you in kind of a very oh gone a bit existential um in a very uh, calming way that actually we're, we're here for a very short space of time really and actually why can't we just be nice to each other you know um so absolutely i want people to go outside and i want people to think about their light pollution so it's a really easy thing to to see a really dark sky um and if everybody just thinks about their outside lights you know turning them off when they don't need them you know even put them on a timer if you can't even do that but thinking about the color of light that you're actually you know you're putting on so red and orange lights are really good um outside lights because they don't affect the night sky at all they um they don't kind of refract and reflect and you know make the dark sky brighter um so using kind of just a few easy things will make it so so much better for everybody and um you know everyone then can enjoy this beautiful sky that we've got Pete, just to wrap this up what's the, the latest mm. night sky image that you've taken uh, so I, I, um, I shot up at, um, uh, at the Rimataka Summit Lamp and, um, and it's, I mean, you know, one of the things with, with night photography is, is, is astrophotography is, is about planning and, um, and there's some marvellous um, equipment these days that, that enables you to sort of project forward and look at where the night sky is going to be. And, uh, and there's, there's a, a wonderful um, sculpture at the top of the Rimatakas that, that you might have seen if you've popped over to the Wairarapa. Um, and um, you know of of a, a scene of um, soldiers lining up for a, a cup of tea, and I'd I'd worked out months in advance that um, the Milky Way was just going to be exactly where I I wanted it um, above this. So again, there was this sort of sense for me of um, which is my kind of my kind of theme of something that's historical for us in the in the um, setting of these of you know, a world war, but, um, but, you know, the Milky Way behind it, which is so much older. And, um, and it was, it was fun because, you know, you're standing there at, um, in, in the dark in, um, in a cold environment. And, um, I was amazed at how much, how much traffic there was. And I was trying to get like 20 second exposures in between trucks coming past. One of them, which I thought was just about perfect. And I thought, I'm going to, this is going to nail it, right? This is going to be the shot to, for it. And this blue truck that had a thousand lights on it comes whipping around the, the corner, and I thought, "Oh no, that's it! Stop! Another, another, another shot!" And when I actually got back to the studio and had a look at it, it was amazing. There was just this, just this right amount of light to um, just give this, give the um, the sculpture just this this degree of, um, of of light on it to to sort of juxtapose against the Milky Way. And I thought, "Oh, there you go. That's it." That's that serendipitous side of it, in, in combination with the um, with the, the high degree of planning. So <laughs> the joys of yeah. photography. Thank you, Peter. And I say happy birthday to you. Also talking to Becky Bateman from Aratoi Wararapa Museum of Art and History in Masterton. Uh, within the Hours of Darkness, astrophotography opens on the nineteenth of June, and there's going to be an artist talk that day too.